0: Happy Throwdown Thursday, shakes pals! Uh, we did it another another week, another season. Today is season ten, episode ten, and with me, I'm so excited. We've got Rob Miles. He is was so much fun to record with. I had a great time. I was sweating a lot, um, so that gives you a a good preview on how the episode is gonna go. So thank you so much to Rob for being on. Thank you to Mike for coming on last week and giving me some real, real work to do with those two picks. Uh, and congratulations to me for winning with Bottom. Thank you, everyone, for voting. I am I am judging you all for for picking either of those two, but I'm happy that those of you who did voted for me. So that makes me feel nice. Uh, but it was great to have Mike on, as always, and I love getting to chat about all things improv, all things Shakespeare, and all things with him. So some big news for me and the show right now. Uh, I'm going to take a break, y'all. It's been two and a half years that we have released a new episode every single Thursday morning, and it's about that time. I feel like capstone of season 10, episode 10, feels like a really good time to do it. So I'm going to take a couple months to build up my backlog again. If you or anyone you know is interested in coming on as a guest, I would love to have them, so tag them on social media or send us an email at protesttomuchpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to keep recording over the next couple months, but doing it at a pace that isn't such a rapid release schedule to stay on top of her right now. Uh, so I'm gonna still, I'm gonna push some of my favorite episodes out every week just so that you can re-listen to them. And, and if you are caught up on backlog of the, the show that you haven't had a chance to listen back to our earlier episodes, if you're new, this is a great time to do that. Catch up on some of the great guests that we've had and the great arguments that we've had. So thank you all so much for two and a half years of constant support and listening i'm i'm so happy about what we've built and i can't wait to keep doing more just in in a little bit of a a slower pace for right now so thanks for being here thanks for listening please remember to visit our patreon at patreon.com p2mpod all of our socials at p2mpod on tiktok instagram and twitter and enjoy the show welcome to Protest Too Much, a Shakespeare Showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. Okay, so today we are talking about the best innovator in Shakespeare, and with me, I cannot imagine anyone more perfect for the task. I think it's super silly when you say someone needs no introduction because it's passing up a great excuse to hype them up. So not only did he create the largest and most comprehensive collection of digital theater during the pandemic, saving the lives of hundreds of theater makers in the process, not only has he created a deck of cards with thoughtful prompts, vocab, and acting exercises that I personally run to, Every time I have a new speech or role to tackle, not only does he run one of the most interesting Shakespeare podcasts in the market, breaking down single speeches and Shakespeare with superstar actors to come through discovering the secrets of the texts, not only has he done all that and more, he's also one of the kindest and most enthusiastic artists I've ever gotten to know. He is an actor, a director, an author, a stage combatant, a workshop educator, (laughs) a podcaster, and a true example of what it means to be an innovator. It's Rob Miles hello <laughs> hello
1: <laughs> now just to live up to that for the audience
0: and <laughs> we yeah, will be good i remember i think
1: it was was it jerry seinfeld said about he hates it when people come on and go and now the world's best comedian <laughs> and then the audience just goes oh yeah go on
0: then <laughs> the good thing is that i said you're good at everything you do you don't have to be good at this silly little thing that's true
1: that is true yeah (laughs) i'm definitely in uncharted territory here in international waters so to speak uh i'm really looking forward to it though
0: (laughs) i'm so i'm so excited to have you here uh i've been so excited for this episode and Why don't you tell everyone, before we uh, get too far ahead of ourselves, tell everyone the projects that you've got on tap right now because they're all really good and I can't possibly do them justice. Oh, wow,
1: okay, yeah, sure. Um, So we're currently recording (laughs) season two of Owning Shakespeare, which I mentioned, where every week we take a deep dive into a different single Shakespeare speech to unlock the creative opportunities embedded in the text uh, with a different text detective every week. That's very exciting. Um, We've also got illuminated text with Stratford Festival, which is an interactive video experience where you can look at a single speech from Hamlet um, through four different dimensions. Uh, sound, imagery, rhetoric and rhythm are the four dimensions. And That's uh, just just launched on Stratford Festival's Stratfest at Home online streaming platform as part of their new Classroom Connect venture. So it's kind of targeted towards uh, schools and higher education institutions, but it's open to everyone who has an interest and an enthusiasm for the craft of doing Shakespeare really, which obviously is my kind of monomania, it's my white whale uh, obsession. So that's cool. Uh, We've just announced that we've got a a digital theatre R&D coming with Theatre Royal Bath here in the UK, uh, where essentially we're gonna try and replicate the conditions of TSMGO live on stage with some of the cast being in person and some of the cast being projected across two different venues simultaneously. So that they're half of half of the show is happening in one place, half the show is happening in the other. And be- through the projection, you get to see both halves, but in two different places at once, um, which is- That's
0: rad as it's, heck.
1: It's mental is <laughs> what it is. We are uh, we are kind of melting our brains, figuring out the creative technologies that are needed to actually achieve that. Uh, but it's a really exciting uh, project and we don't know what's gonna happen. So it's, it's just gonna yeah. be exciting to see. <laughs> Other than that, I've got a couple of R&D bids in uh, for, essentially, immersive site-specific productions of Shakespeare, uh, which I'm not going to say too much about until we're
0: successful. Mm-hmm. But if you've got millions of dollars, he's willing to tell you anything.
1: Precisely that, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, if, what, what's that line from Midsummer Night's Dream? The, thice, the thrice three muses mourning for the death of learning, late deceased in beggary, right? So don't decease me in beggary, millionaires <laughs> that listen to this podcast. Send me right? your money and I will do <laughs> things. Uh, what, what's the King Lear line? Uh, of what <laughs> What they are, I know not. <laughs> But they shall be the wonders of the earth. Yeah, I
0: thought you were gonna go with nothing will come of nothing. Yeah, well but- yes, <laughs> yes,
1: that is so true. Um, and although that, but also
0: that's that's the opposite, right? Because you've done so much. Without that kind of mega funding, and that's really what being a true innovator is all about. Isn't that's
1: you know? right, yeah, nice, so buttery smooth segue. I love it, <laughs> I love it. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, part of it is being creative within the constraints that you have, mm-hmm. and obviously, Shakespeare imposed constraints on himself using iambic pentameter, and that constraint then un- unlocked his creativity. So, having constraints is not a bad thing. Having a hundred million dollars is not a bad thing either.
0: (laughs) So if people wanted to send you a hundred million dollars, where could they find you and all of your projects online?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you would like to send me a hundred million (laughs) dollars, we have a Patreon uh, for, so patreon.com forward slash the show must go online, which you can uh, donate to at any time and you'll be getting exclusive updates and exclusive content. So we've got our Sonic project on there where we've got about, I think, 130 odd of the 150 something sonnets on there done by a different performer each time. Uh, we've got um, uh, all kind of behind the scenes access and updates on the projects that we're working on and, and some of the things that I've said I can't say here, I have said there. So if you <laughs> if that piqued your interest, then you will be able to find out more there. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Miles, you can find me on Instagram at rob.miles, you can find The Show Must Go Online on Facebook and Twitter, uh, at TSMG Online Live, I think it is on Twitter um and so yeah find find us on the socials by all means my website is robmiles.co.uk and there's a contact form there so if you want to hire me Perfect. for anything if you want me to do anything for you that's where to go
0: and those will all be linked in the show notes so Amazing. nice easy click for you millionaires out there
1: okay <laughs> anyone who's not a millionaire si- sign off now stop listening it's not for you <laughs> yeah just
0: turn it off this isn't for you you don't get the rest of this um <laughs> so Let's let's talk a little bit about. This show is going to go a little different than the normal back and forth. So I'm going to throw it to you to give us a little a little different intro
1: absolutely yeah 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 very happy to so um, obviously I I have always believed that all Shakespeare is argument and so I was delighted to find out that this podcast exists because it's arguing (laughs) about Shakespeare which is argument and I love the like nested sequence of that Um, but we're looking today at the best innovator and essentially innovation is different from invention in that it's about using things that already exist but in novel ways or novel applications to create new methods, processes, uh, products, whatever they may be. Essentially creative problem solving is what we're looking at. And as part of the innovation process, because there are are many other processes are available but the one that I use and know, Uh, you have different phases of divergent uh, thinking and then convergent thinking or the idea diamond where you come up with lots of ideas first and then you gradually whittle them down to the best ones. Um, I'm famously indecisive when it comes to topics like (laughs) this and so it's also an easy get out from me of having to do the shortlist. So we're just going to find the shortlist together uh, and I've created a tournament bracket, essentially. We have, yes. what are the quarterfinals? So we've got eight contenders for the, for the crown of best innovator in Shakespeare. Uh, the rules are... Only what they do in the plays is admissible.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's always, that's, that's sometimes the only way I can win an argument is I'm like, yeah, but think about what they would have been like before or after. <laughs> <laughs> Use your imagination. All right.
1: Well, again, rules are made to be broken, so don't don't be afraid to <laughs> go No, I'll to stick there. to it. Dis-
0: in the play, Some people we're good.
1: got disqualified. Um, Iago has been disqualified. <laughs> because it's
0: weird why uh,
1: yeah cheating bastard (laughs) um and the magical characters have been eliminated because innovation is a very human thing and as we talked about creativity and constraint earlier um the magical characters don't have constraints (laughs) so so it's much easier for them to go Uh, and then the final one which is going to upset some people (laughs) is that the extra folio collaborations uh things like pericles are not Uh in there. Pericles himself Uh would have been a strong contender for this otherwise. Yeah. But for the purposes of... People will be mad.
0: People love Pericles out here on this podcast. People love Pericles
1: and people love to dunk on me about Pericles so this is my opportunity to dunk them back. (laughs) But do check out TSM Joe's production of Pericles directed by Marianne Grace. It is fabulous um, and has an excellent (laughs) Pericles who's currently on the West End in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Pretty sweet. Um, Hey, yeah. So... Uh, Some people that didn't make the cut, that were knocked out in the previous rounds, include Brutus, (laughs) because he failed to consider the unintended consequences
0: of of his
1: unusual way of problem solving. Uh, Helena in Midsummer (laughs) Night's Dream, who just does the same thing again, (laughs) expecting a different result. Uh, yeah,
0: what's that? Um, is that the definition of being... being? I think
1: I think it's the definition of it, an idiocy. <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> being an idiot is uh, doing sure. the same thing over and over again, expecting a different results. Uh, Ulysses from Troilus and Cressida. If the Trojan horse was in there again, he might be right up there. But as it is, he just bitches about people behind their backs
0: <laughs> for oh, like God, two hours. It just goes on forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Portia in Merchant of Venice didn't quite make it. Um, it was a creative loopholing of the law, but I don't feel like that legally constitutes innovation necessarily, um, even though yep. you could argue she solved the problem. I think um, the Jewish community would disagree profoundly with how yeah. she chose to solve that problem. Yeah, um, agreed. And then um, the, the person that's probably, oh, Mercutio, extremely creative, but contributes nothing <laughs> and makes everything mm-hmm. worse. Um, mm-hmm. And then Camillo uh his answers are very straightforward um you know we'll just run away we'll just run away again <laughs> again kind of always has the same answer to the problem uh and then a bit like iago disqualified was barraccio from what you do because he works on the assumption that humanity will live up to its worst instincts he's kind of a steve bannon in your world a kind of dominic cummings on this side of the pond uh, kind of figure and i was like i just don't want it. i don't want him in my competition please um <laughs> We've also got the Razzie Award for Worst Innovator, which goes to Timon of Athens, who is, when he's oh rich, God. he goes, I'm gonna give all my money away. <laughs> when he's poor, yep. he goes, I'm gonna give all my money away. Um, yep. You can't just throw money <laughs> at the I'm problem. then I'm
0: gonna run away about it. Yeah.
1: As Elon Musk has showed us, throwing money at the problem does not make you innovative.
0: <laughs> I hadn't really kind of considered that parallel mm. and how fast like his wealth has tanked. Right. Uh, Comparably to time in and that's really fun.
1: It's a bit wild, isn't it? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, and then Hamlet, uh, because you also have to get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a, there's a principle in innovation, which is ready, fire, aim, which is where you start moving and then you course correct as you're going through iterations of what you're thinking about doing. He, <laughs> he doesn't get past the first prototype stage. So he's in the bin, right? So here we go. These are the actual. Uh, sides of the brackets now so these are the court finalists okay first we have out of the frying pan into the friars it's friar lawrence versus friar francis who you got
0: oh no um oh gosh okay oh i guess they i mean they both kind of have the same idea right yeah so I'm gonna go with um, gut reaction. I'm gonna go with Friar Lawrence because Friar Lawrence actually does something concrete about it. Friar Francis is like, just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> just hang out in your bedroom yep. and pretend that, that you're dead for a while. Okay. We're gonna let him believe conversely, it. Okay, conversely,
1: counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Friar Lawrence does kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and Friar Francis doesn't. <laughs>
0: I mm, I hear you. I guess part of the uh part of the testing phase, right, is yeah. seeing what works and what doesn't. <laughs> it is. Um, so I always hesitate with Friar Lawrence because I think up until he's in the tomb with Juliet and then just runs away at the sound of of clanging, and I'm always just like, oh my god, just stay, just stay for like five more minutes. Stop being so afraid of ghosts. Like I don't know or the law. Like I don't. You're no. gonna get in trouble.
1: Yeah. I hadn't considered that, actually, as, as like his his fatal flaw is cowardice. Yeah. He doesn't stand yes. for what he believes in. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, yeah. A, that's a really valid point. The The kind of the dig on him that I had was single point of failure, which is if you're designing a system, don't make the system all mm. like be, the linchpin of that system be a random dude with a letter <laughs> that never yeah. makes it
0: yeah like if, the like whole do plan... be, if you have to follow through yourself yeah
1: exactly that exactly that which friar francis is present for the wedding uh in much ado uh, and he does go i told you it would work out <laughs> which is an easy thing to do after it has um, after
0: it works and yeah in
1: friar lawrence's defense um what he wanted so his objective was to turn these households rancor to pure love which i think gets Overlooked a lot of the time. He wants sure. to end the feud. The feud ends. It's a technical success. Yeah. The cost of that success <laughs> is higher. Yeah. So
0: okay. So I have a question for yeah. you because where does trust enter into? Where does trust in a team enter into innovation? Because that I it's think huge.
1: is huge. It's huge, definitely. Yeah. So you
0: have to be trusted.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So really, like Friar Lawrence does utilize that trust. He trusts mm. Friar Ding Dong to like, get the letter to,
1: <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> that his, name. Is his uh, name. That is his name in the folio, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: the actor that the played him was Kordo. Francis
1: Ding Dong, so he just, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he uses the actor's name instead of the, the character, yeah.
0: So he does have that trust that everything is going, like, that the people in the team that he's with are going to follow through on their end of the bargain. That's true, so,
1: that's true, yeah. I mean, so you could, because course, my, my criticism of Friar Francis was that he's not involved in resolving the issue himself. He's kind of a yeah. consultant that airdrops in and goes, here's what you should do, good luck. Um, and, and he doesn't actually, you know, the, the, the whole situation gets resolved by accident, by chance, by Dogberry. Yeah. Um, so how much credit does he get, really?
0: You'll know this better than me. Um, much ado comes after Romeo and Juliet, right? That's a good question. Okay. Right.
1: Wikipedia knows. Let's have a look. What what does the what does Wikipedia say? Romeo and Juliet 1595, Much ado about nothing 1598. So, Romeo okay. and Juliet comes before Much ado.
0: Then I'm going to give this, I'm going to swing away from my initial thought. I'm going to give this to Fire Francis because he takes If we're imagining this is all the same world in Italy, right? He takes the thing that Friar Lawrence did. It's an established thing. He innovates on it. He does it better. And he's successful. That's it.
1: So Friar Lawrence was the prototype. Friar Francis iterated that prototype. His is the iPhone 10 instead of the iPhone 9. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he, he takes it. Friar Francis takes it. I'll I'll take that. I think that's a good one. I also like the idea of standing on the shoulders of giants. That's a big thing in innovation. Mm -hmm. There's there's this idea of first movers versus improvers, right? So first movers are people that do something that's never been seen before. And then improvers Mm -hmm. are people that just take that and tweak it a little bit. And the famous example of that is like Warby Parker. Other people were doing selling specs online, but they weren't doing it as well. And then they got like crazy amounts of success out of it. And the failure rates for first movers and improvers are dramatically different i think 50 percent of first movers fail and only 20 percent of improvers do so there is something really legit to be said for just tweaking what works um so yeah, yeah. Fran- francis takes it brilliant Onto side b of the bracket we now have the ingenues of the late plays i think i know where you're going to go on this one we've got okay. helena all's well mm-hmm. that ends well versus imogen in cymbeline who you got
0: okay Imogen, because I hate a bed trick. I just hate a bed trick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So ethics, right, ethics is a big thing. Are you, because again, in innovation, there is this idea of rule breaking. So what are the assumptions that we have about a certain thing and how can we play with those inventively? So like TSMGO, theater has to be done in a shared space. Well, what does that shared space have to look like? We can rule break that and we can make it zoom and not uh, a stage, for instance. Um, But if you're breaking the law, like Uber, just broke so many laws so fast they couldn't keep up Do, should yeah. that count should that be admissible um i'm gonna counter argue because that's the, the gig <laughs> that's the premise uh-huh
0: and it's easy kind
1: of with which is <laughs> that helena uh cures the king and then asks for the guy's hand in marriage that she believes she doesn't deserve as her reward that in terms of creative problem solving there is a direct route to asking a guy out <laughs> And then there is what oh, yeah. Helena does, which is talk to <laughs> mum about it, cure the king, get his hand in marriage as a reward, chase him across the planet. Um, and so, you know, she, she goes outside of her comfort zone. She never gives up. Uh-huh. Um, she's got a lot of lateral problem solving, of which the bed trick is part of that. Um, yeah. but, but I guess the question is, is he, uh, is Bertram, happy with the result because that that's another factor is does it work for the community not just for like the individual does it work for um everyone because like if the iphone was a terrible product that you hated using you wouldn't buy it (laughs) so if that's what the bed trick is here it's interesting over to imogen though
0: yeah my my issue with imogen is like she doesn't really do anything everything is everything that she does is someone else's idea yes
1: and it's a and it's a reaction right so she outruns mm-hmm. a problem rather, rather and survives rather than solves a problem so so yeah. you know she disguises herself as a boy um she switches to the opposite side which is pisanio's
0: side. idea <laughs>
1: right um she uh, although i would say so the the one thing that she oh we've got to talk about the fact that she doesn't recognize her own husband's body <laughs>
0: okay I, mm, she was I, drugged i, I guess <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i think that is that's usually my um out for that because uh, it's i mean yeah yeah it's a pretty unforgivable um
1: a crucial oversight
0: but, oh, his clothes. I mean, people don't recognize Superman and y'all aren't up in their business about it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very true. Yeah, can't argue with that. The Superman rule. We're deploying the Superman rule. If you're you yeah, wearing a pair of glasses and I can't recognize clothes. you, if you don't have a head, I've got no chance. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I guess the other thing is that she's got incredible instincts. She's got an intuition mm-hmm. that she follows and it's pretty much always right. And yeah. that is one of those X factors that you can't really account for that can sometimes be the dividing factor between someone who's a good problem solver and someone who's a great problem solver. It's just instinct. And that's not necessarily yeah. something that you can teach. She certainly seems to have that, um, which which is a, a kind of point in her favor.
0: Yeah. in a true benefit to the community, if we're talking about that, yeah. not only is she happy in the end posthumous is happy in the end and we've got the resolution of belarius and the two princes that now we've got a whole kingdom in succession lined up that
1: yeah and there's an unselfishness that was insecure before there's an unselfishness right because by by reintroducing them she's also abdicating her own inheritance i suppose so she's Mm -hmm. doing quote-unquote, the greater good, um, if you've yeah. seen Hot Fuzz. Um, and uh, and she, yeah, so I, I think in terms of being of a benefit to the community, Helena is definitely more selfish in her mm. pursuit than Imogen is. So who would go with? Yeah. Helena, Imogen, who wins?
0: I'm, I'm going to go, I think because in the next round, it's going to kick her out. I think I'm going to take Imogen through.
1: <laughs> so Imogen, Imogen's going through on a technicality. I like it. On like a
0: technicality, because I know she won't make it all the way.
1: Winners. Wonderful. Right, so back to side A. We've now got Lady's Vengeance. We've got Paulina, Winter's Tale, versus Lady Macbeth. Macbeth.
0: Oh. Oh. Uh. Uh wow. <laughs>
1: uh
0: I okay. So initial thoughts. Yep. Well, oh, I don't know. Okay. So initial thoughts <laughs> are that um Paulina has definitely more a creative approach to the problem. But is it technically innovation cuz when has Hyder and put her up as a statue been a <laughs> like established thing that she's iterating on, right <laughs> versus that. Lady Macbeth murder's the oldest trick in the book she just does it a little different does it with flair
1: yeah absolutely I mean yeah. for me Paulina uh, is kind of in the friar Francis friar Lawrence territory she's faking a death so in that oh, yeah. way it has been done because obviously that's she, true when she comes back she says the queen is the queen is dead <laughs> which, right which right is not so yeah. Um, so it's, she's presenting it as a fake death. What's nice about it is that it's hidden from the audience, which is really unusual in Shakespeare. You, do, you don't often see a, uh, a situation like that where the audience is not along for the ride, where she would do an aside right. and say, and now I'm going to tell him that I faked her death in order to make him do a penance, right? We, that's what we would normally get. And it's weird, it's innovative, you could say, that that doesn't happen here, that we, we believe she's yeah. dead, just as, um, you know, if we've never seen it before, just as the audience does. And so her coming back at the end is like, whoa, what, 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 what? Um, <laughs> which I, I feel there is an argument for that being innovative. Um, because it's-
0: right. And the, it creates a sort of magic on its own because the audience doesn't know that that's happening. It doesn't, they don't know that it's real. And, you know, the 400 years of scholarship around it being magic or
1: yes the fact that the debate continues i think speaks to our desire for magic and that for me is where paulina has got a really strong i mean they're both users of theater i think that's the main thing so so paulina and lady macbeth actually use theater within their own worlds and i think that's Mm -hmm. what's um that's why they're kind of pitted against each other i suppose at this stage um because Paulina dresses her up like a statue you know she even says the paint's not dry there's no I don't think there's a defensible argument for it being a real statue at any at any point I know. it's just that yeah. we <laughs> want it to be true and we, when right. we watched that scene and you know when we directed it with Sean Scott Online we said we are going to play this as if it is a statue even though deep down we know it's not that's what we're doing because that's what everybody mm-hmm. wants to feel, people wanna feel yes. magic happening. So yes, that's my argument for, for her. Over to Lady Macbeth though. How are we feeling about Lady yeah. Macbeth?
0: Um, well, I feel like if you're married to a, a sword with hands, <laughs> you might as well use it to your advantage, right? right? Cause that's all Macbeth is good for. He does not, talk about the least innovative. <laughs> character he just does what everyone tells him to do and yep. is dumb about it
1: yeah um a leaf for every wind that blows
0: <laughs> she is able to use what she has and she is able to leverage her lack of position mm. in the world to create a better place for herself and i think that that is something that has been done she just does it better until it's not. Yeah. Until she starts getting left out of the conversation is when that whole play tanks. Yeah. So yeah,
1: 100%. And I think what one thing that dramaturgically people overlook a lot with Macbeth is that Duncan says that his son is going to inherit after him. And so he gets rid of the convention in Scotland at the time, which was a king's moot, mm-hmm. where a king will be elected by the chieftains of the various tribes. So she, he's taken a democratic system, made it less democratic. Mm-hmm. Then... He gets taken out of the picture and suddenly they they say, I can't remember the exact line, but it's like the selection will fall upon Macbeth, right? So that tradition survives because he's dead and Malcolm's run away. So if you look at her as defending democracy, (laughs) then solving a problem for the community (laughs) is a position that you can argue from,
0: right? Okay. And though, though, she takes that. She takes that and uh, there's this whole... No, because that's Macbeth. Right. It's Macbeth who's like, go. I can't let it happen to Banquo. It's also Lady Macbeth. Really, the only reason that play is tragic is because she doesn't get to keep innovating. Yes. If she were listened to through the whole thing. Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. he doesn't include her in the plan to off Banquo. Right. The, that's right. the split and yes. if she had been included in that i'm sure she would have advised slash um, organized things such that that didn't happen right and if you look at the banquet scene when when the ghost is there and best having a meltdown she still has plausible de- deniability to everyone else in that room there's uh-huh. nothing in there that implicates her as being a part of it he just talks about right. the fact that he's murdered Banquo. so it, imagine you're the other lords of scotland and you're like uh, and you're listening to her saying you know oh, you brought shame on our house and all the rest of it you wouldn't think that she was party to it necessarily.
0: No, and that's one of the things that I love about her so much and one of the things that I, you know, yearn for I've yelled a lot about putting comedians in in tragedies yes. because everyone loves Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Uh-huh. Lady Macbeth is everyone's favorite person. And so playing <laughs> her so even so many people play her so evil from the start. Yep. And like, she's not, yep. she's everyone's best friend. Duncan loves her. This
1: idea of Lady Macbeth as kind of fourth witch, which I've seen quite a lot, um, yeah. really annoys me because it plays into this like misogynistic Harridan uh-huh. version of the nagging wife, right? Whereas yes. like you say, if, if, if you invert that and you make Macbeth, as you say, a blunt instrument, um, <laughs> who, who is easily influenced, all of which is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and But you give her a relatable place to come from, but, what was my rule? It's got to be in the plays. So, uh. if I was doing a production, I'd be like, well, the castle that they live in is a shithole, it's leaky, it's freezing. It (laughs) caused the death of their child that they definitely had together before the play, which actually Mm -hmm. in textual terms is strictly ambiguous. It's not concrete. Mm -hmm. Um, And so her desperation to get out of that situation is what motivates her to do something wrong, but for the right reasons. Do the ends justify the means, I guess is what it boils down to. Whereas with Uh. Paulina, you're a happy end well it's a happier ending certainly than better happier happier yeah and she supervises she puts herself in a position to supervise Leon Teaser's redemption I would say the only thing is that again the timing of it it's a very long game because she doesn't know if Perdita's is ever gonna come back
0: <laughs> right right
1: so um, what was the plan if that if that coincidence didn't happen
0: I think she and hermione just keep Living together, hanging out, being best friends, and no I don't mate. know something. And, and we're happy. Something happens. <laughs> <That was> golden.
1: <laughs> she's there. She's reading books. She's painting. Having right. a lovely time. It's lockdown basically. She, she
0: says, yeah. A
1: lockdown. Yeah. Ex- what, them which is preferable to death, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna go with. I think because of community and selflessness. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's lost her husband. She has every right to. Be selfish and more aggressively, you know, uh, vengeful. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with Paulina. I think. Nice,
1: nice. I mean, I mean, I think it's really tough because, like, say we all have an instinct as well to to stand for Lady Macbeth. (laughs) We all want Lady Macbeth to succeed ultimately. So it's hard to pick Paulina, but I think in this situation, I think that's probably the right call. Right. Final bracket side B. The sex comedians in the red corner. We have weighing in uh, is Lucentio from Taming of the Shrew versus Mistresses Ford and Page from Merry Wives of Windsor.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, I have to look at this from an objective standpoint and not just because. Uh, Mr. Ford and Page are like my top favorite characters oh, in Shakespeare. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Um, okay, here's here is uh, what I'm gonna say for them, and then we'll pop to Lucentio because I think that's a really good. Yeah. I think he's a really good uh, pick in that sea of a uh, uh, play. Um, they they keep trying. So they change, they tweak little things. They don't totally throw out their plan Mm -hmm. after the first time it doesn't work. The first time Fred comes home and is all raging. (laughs) Fred. Frank, Frank. His name is Frank. And there is, when I, so we were rehearsing uh, Merry Wives before lockdown hit. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part of that play was just adding in a Frank every now and again. Like, let the clothes alone, Frank. (laughs) Just...
1: (laughs) oh because it i absolutely love that i have a similar exercise with another f word (laughs) yes yes, it really really does lift it and modernize it very rapidly yeah right
0: (laughs) um so yeah the first time frank comes home uh they they don't abandon it they don't try something completely different but they do change things a little bit okay so the first time he got away in the laundry cart the second time we're not going to be able to pull that again so we need to change it a little bit and see how we can make yeah. this work again yeah so they do they 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 change and tweak yeah. and ultimately then they they go to something new they go to the pageant and they're able to reconcile the entire community and everyone's everyone's happy. Yeah,
1: I feel like the the fact that they managed to solve two problems with the same solution is incredibly elegant. They managed to teach mm-hmm. their both of their husbands, so three problems technically. Uh, you know, they get to cho- teach both of their husbands a lesson while also teaching Falstaff a lesson. Um, yeah, I, I just have in my notes novel use of technology brackets a laundry basket. Uh, so yeah. the fact that part of the the kind of drubbing of him is chucking him into the river. <laughs> uh, and kind of making them get into a situation where we can be tucked into the river uh, is just gold, isn't it? It's wonderful. So yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think I think this this part of the bracket is like high seeds in the tournament. Yeah, you know, I think. They're, they're and like, the
0: other fun. thing that I'm going to say for them is that not only are they innovative and spectacular, but they have inspired innovation in Anne because Anne Page is. Kind of a wet blanket for most of the play, Mm. but then you see at the end she's coordinated this entire use of the pageant. She's been able to take something that someone else has created and use it to her advantage to marry Fenton. That's which a
1: perfect innovation inspires
0: innovation into
1: Lucentio Because (laughs) what we're talking about is synergy, or as Jack Duncan Mm. calls it in uh, 30 Rock, vertical integration, (laughs) right? Um, It's about win-win situations. And that is what Lucentio, probably more than anybody else, manages to create. He manages to create a -hmm. a win-win-win situation. Um, What I love about him is that He obviously uses disguise, which straight away I'm always a fan of, but Mm -hmm. he uses the disguise so that he can separate himself from the patriarchal system of bartering with the father to make a personal connection with the person that he actually wants to be with and to try and get get a relationship going with her so that when they get together long-term, they're going to be happier for that than if he'd just gone to the dad and bid the most. Um, He's giving his servant the opportunity to live the how the other half lives, so you've got the kind of undercover boss situation yep. where he's putting yep. somebody else on top. Giving you know he can put that on his CV. I successfully negotiated this big deal between these two families, <laughs> right? So that's that's gonna that's gonna stand him in good stead long term. Uh, and then he recruits obviously Petruchio and uh, is it Gremio? I think is the, yeah is the other guy um, into this plot where he says, okay, you're, I'm going to give you money to solve this problem. And you solving that problem will also solve this problem and everybody's going to be happier for it at the end. So I think in terms of his intentions, not necessarily how it plays out between Katarina Mm -hmm. and Petruccio, because obviously that can vary like night and day between what production it is that you're watching. But at least within Lucentio's own uh, mind in the world that he's living in, I think he navigates that world extraordinarily well and manages to be probably the happiest person at the end of the whole process.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Here's, here's my issue. Yeah. If he was just going to elope with Bianca at the end of it anyway, why did he need to drag Kate into Petruchio's nonsense? Because he knows Petruchio, and he knows he's a bag of... <laughs> Dicks, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, just, he knows that he's only in it for the money and maybe he doesn't know the extent of how horrible he is, yeah. but like,
1: but did Lu- if he's just going
0: to run away anyway. But did
1: Lu- is Lucentia responsible for Petruchio's tactics? And B, did Baptista not bring Katerina into it? Because he was the one mm. that said, I will not marry off the younger one until I have a match for the older.
0: Mm-hmm. Great point. Been okay. Dealt
1: the shit yes. It's the not ideal conditions that he's working in.
0: Yeah. And I guess like everyone, a lot of people in this time are in marriage for the money. Yeah. So, hey, here's my friend who, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but like, uh, every, I'm sure he's not that bad. Like, I don't know. It just where is the where is where does his responsibility for setting what happens to katarina it's really... yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's a really
0: yeah yeah that's a really i think interesting conversation probably to not have now <laughs> you
1: could <you> uh... <laughs> have a whole deep dive on it for sure and i'm sure there's yeah that, scholarship will be available I'm, I'm certain but uh but i think it's interesting because it, it kind of goes to my hamlet thing or to my uh mm-hmm. brutus thing of unintended consequences you know yeah. whose synergy i guess that that's the deciding factor is whose synergy is the best for everyone, and on right. that basis, I think your introduction of Anne Page as the X Factor, mm. I think, means that Ford and Page carry it. I've got to be honest. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. I and I love them so much. <laughs> me too. So I, me that too. makes me happy. <laughs> it's, it's a
1: delight. Yeah, it's a delight. And oh, we want to be happy. We're like we're allowed to pick things yeah. that make us happy. That's fine. So yeah. semi-finals. Here we go. Oh God! It should accelerate. Obviously, we've already made the main arguments for each, but mm-hmm. we've got Friar Francis versus. Paulina.
0: Paulina. Easy,
1: right? Because it's Easy. a continuation of the same evolution of the fate death. It's
0: exactly. the iPhone
1: 12 versus the iPhone 10. And
0: she does it so much more beautifully and dramatically. And like you said, And he's involved so.
1: intimately throughout. Yeah, absolutely. No mm-hmm. question. So Imogen versus Ford and Page.
0: I'm going to have to go with Ford, Ford and, and Page. Page. You Ford know, and I, love, Page. <laughs> I love my girl, but yeah. they actively carry this play
1: absolutely absolutely and i feel like if it it, it, with some of these it's like do we put circumstances on them like you know like in a reality tv show you would go and this is the challenge that you have to like (laughs) uh, uh, you could you could end up with different results that way but just pound for pound i think that's where the natural advantage lies so our final is paulina versus mistress ford and mistress
0: page oh my gosh I am so I'm really interested because we are gonna put all of these mini brackets up on Twitter and you all will get to to vote. So we might have a different final that we end up with. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But this is really difficult.
1: <laughs> it's a really tough one. It's a really and tough I, one.
0: Where does okay? So where does time and investment of time land in innovation? Because one group Shit. takes a yeah. what a week? Yeah and then Paulina takes 16 years
1: yeah, yeah. for this to pay off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that is as much a, a moral value judgment as anything else, because yeah. if you're looking at it from persistence and uh, commitment to it and finding the right way, you know, Edison thousand one in one way is not to invent the light bulb. If you look at it that way, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, we wouldn't have the light bulb if he didn't go through that hard working process, uh, but equally, Innovation, as we have described it here, is kind of in a capitalist model, right? Where speed is the main advantage. So, depending on which side you want to come down on, I think that's definitely a factor. Um, I also wonder about what what the other factors, I suppose, are. I mean, Paulina's version of things. If, if I mean, I guess how much do you how much do you put Antigonus? under Paulina's column, like getting the baby away, but keeping it safe. Um, and then actually therefore facilitating the possibility of a reunion in the first place.
0: I think that that he's kind of in the Ann Page yeah. section of that. Like if he has been with Paulina for so long, clearly she has inspired something in him yeah. because even like in the court, uh, Leontes is like, hey, tell your wife to shut up. And he's <laughs> like, uh, I'm not gonna, what, me? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to tell my, her?
1: Yeah. Um, no mate
0: <laughs> but like <laughs> but there's a there's such a an inspiration of strength that i think she instills in him because mm. like he is put in this really horrible position by leontes yep. and he is able to kind of create his way out of it yeah and that is something that has been you know dropping a baby on the top of a mountain uh has you know worked <laughs> well or poorly in mythology before yeah. right but yeah um it's something that he's done that has been done that he is kind of innovating on so yeah. she has inspired him he's got the chest ch-
1: full of money there as well right which it's, it's mm-hmm. if if you put two things next to each other you you, you imply a relationship it's kind of mm-hmm. implied take care of this baby please He here's the child support right like
0: right right it's not just like, yeah oh and
1: also a box of money not <laughs> these two things aren't related at all um
0: well right and is there there's no like documentation because I feel like there is a there's a connection and this is me uh not super knowing but the sh- does the shepherd know that she's the princess or does he just know that she's super rich and figures it out later? Uh,
1: it seems to me that he, I mean I, I feel like he doesn't figure it out until they're in. Ba- back in Sicilia, I might be, I might be wrong.
0: Okay, how much of it would be Antigonus's like intention that the baby gets returned sooner rather than sixteen years later?
1: Well, the the, the old shepherd says this is fairy gold, <laughs> so right. he doesn't have the idea that it you know it's necessarily like royal gold. I suppose he does he doesn't have that mm. connection. Um, you know he finds fa- he finds a baby, he finds a chest full of money, um, and he and then he says. Um, you know, it's a good day and we'll do good deeds on it. Uh, some- yeah, so
0: I guess it's not on him. So, yeah, so,
1: so it's not like Antigonus intended for that to happen necessarily. Um, right. But I, but I guess that was what you hoped would happen, certainly.
0: Yeah. But not too soon because yeah. you've got to make sure that Leontes has had that yeah. bit of time to calm down.
1: And then what? what's the other factor? Is impact a factor? So they're both families on on mm-hmm. one side. But Leontes is the king of a kingdom whose mental health certainly within Shakespearean convention will directly affect the the fate of everyone in the country, whereas Mm -hmm. Ford and Page are middle class average citizens. And this is a side quest for Falstaff that doesn't really impact him when he comes back for Henry IV Part II, um, or, or yeah. dies off stage in Henry V, depending mm. on what the timeline <laughs> is. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, So, so it's like, in terms of yeah. impact, in terms of legacy, would you argue, which one would you argue had the the greater net positive impact for the most number of people?
0: I mean, I would say definitely uh, Paulina, yeah. because, because she's kind of inspired Antigonus to set this in motion and has been patient and committed. We've got Cecilia and Bohemia, Cecilia be- and Bohemia united with Perdida and Florizel's marriage. So we've got inadvertently two kingdoms like inextricably linked. Now mm. they were friends before, but now it's like this is the future of both of their kingdoms. Yep. So
1: I w- I'd be interested to know. Because, obviously, we've eliminated people on the grounds of their unintended consequences. So does that mean that we therefore have to credit people with their unintended consequences as well?
0: Sure. Because
1: if it's going to cut one way, does it have to cut the other? I think it's an interesting uh, premise question for the audience that has to make up their minds on the actual winner of this.
0: Right. (laughs) Um,
1: I'm just trying to think of anything else that we can say in favour of Ford and Page. Um, other than that they enjoy the process. <laughs> but they enjoy the process. The process that Paulina goes through in The Winter's Tale is unremittingly miserable for everyone mm-hmm. involved for 16 years. Whereas Mistress Page and Mistress Ford managed to solve the problems and it's not their fault that they're not Kings cause that's an accident of birth. Um, and they managed to have fun while doing it. They managed to find joy in the process and it is innovation is a process. Does that not count for something? the fact that you didn't make your, um, you know, your staff, your team, whatever have a horrible time through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I'm I might be inclined to give it to them on the basis of that, on the basis of time, yeah. on the basis of like the number of tries that they take to make something happen and their commitment in that way. Yeah. you know, Paulina has a time commitment, but they they keep pushing. and the fact that everyone, even Falstaff at the end is like, yeah, you got me. let's let's go have a drink. So there's more communal joy than like, oh, it's definitely Ford and page because we still have Mamilius to deal with in the Winter's Tale and we can't have a perfect resolution <laughs> until we remember that Mamilius, Mamilius is
1: dead <laughs> and that does not get undone. But again, that does, yeah. That was that was uh, not a problem not that she fault. could solve and not her, and not right. something she was directly involved in or or in any way her fault. Um
0: which is a good Piece of an innovator to know what is not your problem mm-hmm. to solve or what you can't solve and then reroute to make the best possible. Oh, that no. is so
1: right. That is so right. So, audience, <laughs> it's over yeah. to you. Who mm-hmm. you got? Paulina <laughs> or Merry Wives of Windsor? Or I'm going to throw a real curveball in here now. Uh, do you ever watch professional wrestling?
0: Yes.
1: So in I was professional obsessed. Wrestling there is a a concept called Money in the Bank, which is a briefcase that someone can cash in at any time to come and fight the winner of the title match for the title. So audience, who are you giving the Money in the Bank contract to, to try and beat either Paulina or Mistress Ford and Page for the title of Best Innovator? If you think that there was someone left out of that bracket that absolutely should have been in there, tell us the Money in the Bank briefcase holder.
0: At P2MPod on Twitter. Um, Rob, thank you. This <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sweating. I'm so excited. It's, it's
1: hard work, isn't it? It's intense. <laughs>
0: yeah this was really really fun though thank you for being here
1: I've had the best time mate it's such a joy to be on this this is such a great podcast such a great format and you're an amazing host you've made me feel very comfortable I've had a lovely time so thank you so much
0: make sure to find and follow all of Rob's work in our show notes because they are there click them give him your hundred million give him your briefcase full of money <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll all have a great time uh, thank you everyone for listening thank you Rob for being here and we'll see you all next week